Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? You know how I'm always talking about the way that we can use different nutritional therapy approaches to support the body. We are going to talk about one of those specific nutritional therapy approaches today called the GAPS diet, which stands for gut and psychology syndrome. It was created by a neurosurgeon named Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, who is well known and well renowned for her work um, linking nutrition with gut health and brain health. So today I've invited on a certified GAPS practitioner to talk us through this dietary approach, what it involves, um, who might be a good candidate for the GAPS diet. And our guest today loves Jesus and she bases her work in real food the way God made it. She's just a wonderful person to be here and be with us today. Her name is River Yo. She is a registered nurse and worked in various medical facilities for several years until she decided to leave the Western medicine approach to help her patients with food as medicine. And I'm so happy to have her here with us today. Welcome, River, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Thanks so much, Chelsea. I'm so excited to be here and talk about everything that I love to talk about. Yeah, the Lord and food and gaps and all my favorite things (laughs) all wrapped up into one. Well, let's start by having you give us some background about you and what led you, you know, kind of your story. I feel like everybody's story comes with a health story. That's kind of how we get here um, in the holistic health space. So tell us about that and, and what led you to leave conventional medicine to become a certified GAPS practitioner? Sure. So I, um, like everyone who gets into, you know, food as medicine had my own struggles and it started with my mom, really. She, was really um, sick throughout a lot of my childhood. She had fibromyalgia. She had many strokes. She had such bad asthma. She could barely breathe. She was doing nebulizers every day. She was just a very sick person. Um, She did an amazing job homeschooling us, even like from her bed. But uh, that sort of led me to go into uh, nursing school because she just swam through the healthcare system, like every single corner of it. And it really, in the end, couldn't help her. Sometimes there'd be a med that would help her for a little while, but inevitably it had terrible side effects and just wasn't getting at the source of the problem. So I went um, into nursing school. Uh, I took a gap year and did a year of missions and explored what that would look like overseas, and then went into nursing school. And I did a ton of extra research on the side, just trying to find out what the mystery, these mystery conditions that my mom seemed to have, how they were, where they were coming from, and what it was about. And uh, 
through my nursing practicum, I met so many people like her in the hospital. The hospital was like <laughs> every floor had one or two patients that were just like her. And the doctors still didn't know what it was. And they tried all kinds of things and filled them full of steroids. And in the end, like there was no answer. So um, I graduated nursing school. I worked in the hospital a little bit, worked in hospice a little bit. And throughout that whole time of even becoming a nurse, you know, it gives you gray hair in nursing school. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I still have my gray hairs from nursing school. And it definitely did a number on my health, the long hours, the stress, being around people who are so sick all the time and uh, watching people die. I mean, it's really stressful. And my health started to go down the same road as my mom. It started to get worse and worse. And I started to have really bad chronic fatigue where I'd have to sleep like 12 hours um, a night, even in nursing school. And so if I'm only got 11, I have to take an hour long nap. Can you imagine doing all the nursing homework in just a small number of hours that I have that you have to be awake like that? That was my situation. So I knew about Dr. Natasha and I had her book on my shelf and I waited to read it until I was in a spot in life. I had gotten married. I had my own place. I had my own kitchen. And I was like, okay, I know that if I read this book, my life's going to have to change and I'm going to have to change. And I finally was like, okay, I'm ready. And I read it and the rest is history. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So that's the, that her book, the gut and psychology syndrome. That's what the name of the book is. Yes. Her initial book is gut and psychology syndrome. And recently she just came out with gut and physiology syndrome, which um, I'm sure we'll talk more about in a bit, but Yeah, that's how I found, I found gaps through YouTube or something, Um, found Dr. Natasha, and um, it was just in time, really, because I I had tried a few other dietary dietary interventions, and it just wasn't doing it. I found myself getting sensitive to more and more and more foods as I would take out foods that identified, oh, I'm sensitive to this, then I would become sensitive to another food, and then another food, (laughs) and I was like this is not the answer, (laughs) removing more and more foods. And what I loved about Dr. Natasha was that it wasn't about just taking out foods that were the culprit, but putting in foods that were the answer. And uh, as a Christian, I just think it's so brilliant how God put um, just exactly the right combination of nutrients and vitamins and minerals and fats and everything just perfectly formulated right in the earth, in the plants and animals that are, you know, outside town at at your local farm. So yeah. And now I, uh, yeah, I did gaps for a year preparing to be pregnant because I knew that, you know, your gut health can have a huge effect on how you go through pregnancy, how your baby goes through pregnancy, how they're, you know, any problems they may have on the other side of that. My sister has autism And, uh, you know, there's a lot of health problems in my family. And I wanted to make sure that my baby had the best possible future that I could give her that, you know. So I really worked hard in the kitchen and doing gaps. And um, she's a beautifully healthy baby. So, yeah, I'm really grateful to God. You're a new mama. She's like four months old. Is that right? That's right. She's four months old this week. 
Oh my goodness. You are a brand spanking new mama. She, well, I've seen pictures. She's so precious and sweet. Um, well, congratulations on that. And uh, yes, I wish, um, it would be wonderful if more people, you know, prepared for pregnancy by, um, by caring for their body, doing some kind of, um, you know, definitely changing their diet and doing something to really help strengthen the health of their gut because it, mm-hmm. it means so much for the health of the baby, the long-term health of the baby, and just kind of really strengthening um, their constitution and coming into this world with a really, um, really healthy constitution, you know, just a good chance um for staying that way. So I love that. Um, okay. So, um, and so that obviously was helpful to you. And like, you know, one thing I wanted to point out, because I I have a lot of people that are so interested in like a food sensitivity test, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to take those like, Oh, I'm sensitive to this and this and this. And I, I tell everybody, don't, don't waste your time with the food sensitivity test. If you are not planning on working on your gut, I mean, there's no reason Mm -hmm. to really do that and take foods out if, because that's not the goal, right? It's not just to keep taking foods out. It's you want to really work on your gut, heal the gut. So you can have a nice variety of things that you can eat and you don't have to keep these things out. So, um, that mm-hmm. made me think of that. Well, tell us, okay, just let's kind of start with the origin of the GAPS diet. Tell us more about Dr. Natasha and um, and just kind of how it all came to be. Yeah, so Dr. Natasha was doing gut health way before most people. <laughs> so I like to think she's, she's sort of like the original gut health guru. And um, she started uh, out as a neurologist. She was, she's a brilliant, you know, I think she even did surgery. She's very brilliant. She did. She's a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So she, you know, was in the conventional medicine world and she had um, a baby who had autism. And so she realized that the conventional system has nothing to offer me nothing, there's no hope that, you know, they offer. And so she went and studied nutrition and went back. And um, now she's one of the most knowledgeable people I know on nutrition. And she combined those two um, specialties of, of, you know, science and research to create the gut and psychology syndrome protocols. And the idea is, well, if you've ever been around special needs kids, um, like I have, a lot of them have gut problems. And most often when we have gut problems, we think, oh, I'm so stressed. It's all in my head. And that's why my gut is kind of bad. Or, oh, my stools were sort of loose. And um, any doctor that works with pediatrics has familiarity with this. And they think, oh, they're so stressed because of their autism. And that's why their gut is so bad. But Dr. Natasha um brought to light that actually it's the other way around, that when your gut health is so poor that it's leaky and things are just leaking straight into your bloodstream, undigested, there's poor um, gut flora, bad bacteria, um, imbalance in the gut, things float right into your bloodstream, float can float right through the blood-brain barrier and into your brain and cause dysfunction. And so with that picture of pathology, she 
has people address their gut health first. And it is incredible the um, severity and variety of neurological, psychological problems that clear up almost completely with just addressing your gut health. And so, yeah, that's GAPS. Yeah. And I would add that um, that's kind of the angle she went at it, right? With me. That's how it all started. That's so, how it started. Yes, go yes. ahead. So since then, um, a lot of families who went through her protocols, um, oftentimes in, the, in these situations, the entire family has health problems of one kind or another. Maybe in one child, it manifests as autism. And then another person, it could manifest as really bad back pain or migraines or rashes or asthma and all these different other conditions because your gut is like the gateway to your body. So if the gate is broken, anything can leak in and wherever it lands is where you'll have problems. So um, as families were doing this diet and protocols as a family, people with other conditions found that they were recovering as well. So um, that's why Dr. Natasha just um, came out with her new book, Gut and Physiology Syndrome. So it's not just uh, psychology, things like ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, depression, schizophrenia. That's how it started. Now um, she's discussed all of the research and support behind how the same protocols addressing your gut health can affect things like even addictions, alcoholism, eczema, uh, chronic fatigue, like me, um, fibromyalgia, all kinds of things. And she has like a super long list, <laughs> things like GERD, irritable syndrome, hormone pro- hormonal problems, fertility problems, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, parasites, MS, all neuropathy. Um, yeah, all kinds of things. Right. Because it can manifest in different, you know, we talk about gut health. And I think when you say gut health, people just think, I don't have any gut problems. I go to the bathroom mm-hmm. fine. My stomach doesn't hurt, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, but it's, it is not just that it is the function of the gut and whether it might be a, an obvious gut problem, or if it's manifesting in any of these different ways, mm-hmm. um, can manifest in so many ways for people. Um, it just kind of always comes back to the gut and we have to look at that. So, um, yeah, I would think, you know, if she was it kind of started out, you know, helping her son and then a lot of people that led to a lot of families wanting to help their children. And so, um, you know, as a family, you do kind of have to do that, especially, you know, if you're um, trying to help your child, you do it as a family because it's a it is a lifestyle change of eating. And, um, and just by a natural byproduct, just discovering all of those ways that it, it truly helped people in their overall health. I think that's just so awesome. Yeah. I mean, when I did GAPS, I didn't have quote unquote gut problems. I had no constipation. I had no diarrhea. I was normal, but, um, I didn't realize that the, the bacteria in my small intestine, which is kind of a, in a isolated, mysterious land between your stomach <laughs> and your colon, because, you know, your colon and your stomach, it's easier to get to, it's easier to look and research things about that. But the small intestine, because it's between those two things, we really know very little about it. Um, and we're just beginning to scratch the surface with all the new research on microbiome and um, that's coming out these days. Yeah. Exactly. Well, tell us, kind of give us an overview of, 
um, what is involved in the GAPS diet? So um, it's sort of the foundation of the GAPS diet was from the specific carbohydrate diet, the SCD diet, if you're familiar. So that means basically it's not just gluten-free or, you know, dairy-free, but it's all, we're basically taking out all carbs, even sweet potatoes for a while, for as long as you're on the GAPS protocol. And the GAPS protocol isn't meant to be forever. The idea is that you can restore your gut health and then reintroduce all the foods that you want and eat them in a, you know, in a healthily prepared way, obviously. So there's no chips, there's no rice, there's no oatmeal, there's none of that. But we do a lot of emphasis on meat stock, which is like bone broth, but cooked for a shorter period of time. Probiotic veggies made at home. Uh, it's basically just vegetables and salt uh, left out to um, lacto-ferment in your cupboard. And things like homemade yogurt. Even people who are very sensitive to dairy can often tolerate yogurt if it's made from quality milk and it's left to culture for 24 full hours. So the bacteria will digest it for you. It'll digest up the casein and the lactose. So a lot of people can tolerate that fine. Um, So that's a big part of healing your gut is these probiotic veggies, probiotic dairy, and um, yeah, and also organ meats. I know you always recommend liver to people, and that's One of my favorite things to throw out there as well is adding liver into your diet and different organ meats. So that's the food. And it's not just food, though. It's diet, supplementation, and lifestyle. And so it's, it's the whole picture. And the foods that we're using are beyond organic. They're not just from ShopRite in the organic corner of the store. Um... We really have to go to local farms and get really beyond organic food. And that means not just free of pesticides, but enriched with healthy soil under the sunshine um, and God's good earth, you know, (laughs) the way it was supposed to be. And the nutrient density of that food cannot be compared to even the organic food in the store, which lately with all the regulations changing, it's more of a faux organic than or than truly organic food, you know, that we're buying. It's better than nothing, but it is not the same. So yeah. And yeah, I am I I I want to kind of hone in on a couple things about the food. Um uh, go into a little bit more about the difference between meat stock versus bone broth because um bone broth is a wonderful healing food and we hear mm-hmm. about bone broth a lot like bone broth bone broth bone broth meat stock is different why would um somebody need to start with meat stock as opposed to bone broth good question um so with people who are particularly um on the gaps uh, gut and psychology end if there's a lot of neurological um things being affected by their poor gut health. There are components of bone broth from the bones that can look similar to a neurotransmitter in the brain and can cause problems. So some kids that are very sensitive or have 
you know, propensity for seizures or different neurological symptoms, um, you really should not start on bone broth. And it's actually, I like to say to people, if it tastes good, then it is good. Obviously not the artificial sweeteners and whatever, but if you're eating real food, if it tastes good, it is good. And when you're boiling a chicken, if you boil it for two hours, it smells, it tastes amazing. But if you boil it for 24 hours, which you can do if you're making bone broth, it doesn't taste as good. It tastes a little, I don't know, it's not the same. (laughs) And Some people, you know, you have to add a lot of herbs and kind of have some skill to make it taste better. But um, there's something about, it's not about the bones, actually. It's about the collagen. And the, the the best part of the chicken or the beef or whatever you're making the broth out of is the collagenous bits between the bones and the joints. And so it only takes about a couple hours when you're boiling it for that collagen from the joints to get into the broth. It's not about the bones. It's about the collagen in in the joints. So when you put it in the fridge, it'll gel to be that beautiful jelly kind of um, consistency. And that's when you know you've cooked it long enough. Okay. And so meat stock's going to be more of a couple hours versus mm-hmm. then broth, which is a longer, more like a 24 hour. And so in the, so in the GAPS diet, you would start with a, start with that meat stock, whether it's beef or chicken mm-hmm. or right. It doesn't really matter. Which whatever you meat you're using. Yeah. Whatever quality meat that you got from your farmer, uh, nearby that'll do. And just, just a couple hours. It tastes better and it's easier because you don't have to cook it as long. Right. Right. Um, I think it's interesting um, well, a couple things. So the SCD diet, the simple, uh, carbohydrate diet or the, um, right. I, I talked about a book a, lo- a long time ago in one of my podcasts, um, called the vicious cycle, right. You're mm-hmm. familiar with that one. Uh, I've listened to so many that kind of blur in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's kind of one of the originals that came before the, it was kind of the template for the the SCD diet, um, specific carbohydrate diet, not simple, specific carbohydrate diet. Um, mm-hmm. And it's when I did a podcast called the the top five books that changed my life. And that was one of them. And so mm-hmm. this is, this is kind of like you said, um, a, a little bit more developed that um, Dr. Natasha did. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting uh, uh, that a lot of these diets are very focused on animal sources of food, animal foods, mm-hmm. right? And that's very true with the GAPS diet. Um, aside from the fermented veggies, we're really focusing on animal foods. We're focusing on, mm-hmm. you know, meat and um, the meat stock. And isn't that, there are different stages to the GAPS diet, which is something I kind of want to go through with you. But I think in the very first sure. stage, if I'm remembering correctly, it's really just the, it's, it's meat and the meat stock and maybe some vegetables prepared in that meat, correct? And that yes. meat stock. Yes. And um, the reason that we do a lot of emphasis in meat is that it is a lot easier to digest meat and meat products than plant products. Um, if (laughs) I like to tell my vegan friends, if we were meant to be vegan, then we would have five stomachs. Look at that cow over there. (laughs) Right. 
Exactly. (laughs) You know, we only have one very simple stomach and you know what it does? It makes acid, which is the perfect, a perfect way to digest meat. And so it's a lot easier for our bodies to absorb the nutrients from meat because it's like pre-processed food. That cow processed that grass to be, to create a combination of nutrients that's a lot easier for us to absorb. And when your gut health is already poor, it's whatever difficulty you would have had processing plants, it's even harder. And so that's why we start with things like egg yolks and um, meat stock that are very easy for your uh, body to absorb easily. Because by the time your gut health is poor and it's been that way for a while, you're really malnourished. Even if you're eating really quality food, it's not absorbing properly. And so we need to have foods that are really easy to absorb so we can feed our body to begin to heal, to have the strength to then introduce the next thing. Yes. That's what I'm always saying. You know, a lot of people will turn things around and start eating well, seeing, you know, eating a healthier diet. But by that time, I call it kind of the, the engine of the body is um, compromised. And so you could have this, you know, beautiful plate of food and yet your body cannot utilize the nutrients because the engine, your, you know, your gut and every, and the way that you process food, um, has just been, um, it kind of needs a tune up. And so this, the gas diet is really like a tune up. And I will go back to your, you know, going back to this meat thing. I just think this is so important to highlight over and over to people because we're in a very plant centric, um, Mm. space where, you know, um, plant-based diets are recommended and the problem that's great, you know, plants are wonderful and can offer us some amazing nutrition if you can process them. And, but so many people Mm -hmm. cannot. And like you said, you know, the animals, the ruminant animals, which are the animals that God, um, directed the Israelites to eat, you know, um, Mm -hmm. they have these, this multi-chamber stomach where, you are getting plant nutrition by way of the animal that I think it's just such a beautiful design. And the animal is breaking down the plant nutrition, extracting all of these really wonderful things from the plants that um, are pre-digested, you know, by this, this rumination process and then passed on to us when we eat the animal. And I think people just lose sight of that because um, it's just, you know, the, the plant-based is so pushed. And I I always, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm always, pushing animal foods, but I feel like somebody has to balance this out in the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know you uh, live on a ranch too. So, you know, <laughs> right. I know. I think, I hope people aren't like, well, she's biased because her husband's a rancher. Well, it was just part of the process of me learning. It's one of the things that led me to this is really just kind of investigating, you know, um, all of these things. Cause I believe me, I was, you know, when I first married my husband, I was not, I was not yet into nutrition or, you know, and I was the biggest city girl you ever met. Um, so anyway, it's been a long learning process, but I, that's why I think God brought us together. Cause we, you know, we just kind of, all this is coming together in just a really beautiful way. But anyway, um, and so with the animal foods, um, they are such a, an, a more bioavailable source of nutrition for us. And so, um, I love to just kind of highlight that, that a lot of the, and I talked about this, um, you know, as I was going into my kind of carnivorous experiment that I did um, in the summer at the, you know, end of the spring, beginning of December. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about how a lot 
of these nutritional therapy approaches, these nutritional um, dietary um, you know, approaches are more animal-based and that is kind of a common thread in taking out so much of this plant roughage that we have trouble breaking down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and people um, think that, yeah. oh, I need fiber though. I need my fiber, right. <laughs> especially if you're usually constipated. But people don't realize that all fiber is not created equal. There's all different kinds of fiber. And some fiber is more difficult for us to digest than others. And fiber feeds the good guys and the bad guys equally in your intestines. The good bacteria and the bad bacteria eat it equally. So if you already have an imbalance, you already have too many of the bad guys, then you really need to cut out the carbohydrates for a while to kind of reset the system. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And so, um, I just, yeah, I think it scares a lot of people to think, you know, to dial back on the fiber, but a lot of that is just very hard on the body. So mm-hmm. in the gap side in this, you know, you're, you're really starting to introduce these, um, digestible foods as far as when you're, you know, a meat, um, kind of in a, a soft boiled, um, stock, right. With some vegetables. Mm -hmm. And there is going to be a lot easier to digest than maybe a steak off the grill and, you know, a big big salad. Right. I mean, you know, yes. So that's kind of the idea is really honoring your body's just kind of re firing up the digestive system again, too, to be able to break down the food. Um, tell us more about, so from the fermented veggies are a big one. Um, with the gaps diet, do you, mm-hmm. it, does that come right away in stage one or is that introduced a little, well, first of all, how many stages are there in the gaps diet? Um, it depends if you count. Well, so there's two, there's two, uh, diets. There's, the intro diet and the full GAPS diet. Full GAPS diet is all the food except for carbohydrates, basically. And the intro diet has about five stages and the six stages full GAPS. So you start out with some beautiful soups, like you were saying, um, a lot of meat stock with maybe some veggies that are very uh, low fiber, like low, not fibrous uh, vegetables. And when it's cooled and done, then you can add some juice from your lacto-fermented veggies. Um, so at first we don't even add, because usually we use cabbage and cabbage is pretty fibrous. It's a little mm-hmm. hard on the stomach. Mm-hmm. So we start with just the juice of that. And then slowly, slowly throughout the whole, all of the stages will increase the amount of that probiotic juice and the amount of the actual vegetable and we do the same thing with um, the cultured dairy as well. And so once the your bowl of soup is cooled, um, stage two is we'll add egg yolk to it. Some people are really sensitive to eggs. Most of the time, it's actually the egg white. Egg yolks are, you know, what God's other multivitamin, second to liver. Yeah. <laughs> and it absorbs so easily. So we put a nice pastured raw egg from your local farmer and add that to the soup once it's kind of cooled, whisk it in. It makes everything taste great. And we put some probiotic juice, maybe a dab of probiotic yogurt. And we add these at the end because we don't want to kill the good bacteria that we've nurtured, you know, the past however long you took to prepare it. Um, it's, it's still beneficial even if you accidentally boil your 
you know, probiotic veggie juice, but that's the idea. So stage two, we add an egg yolk. Stage three, we start adding the egg white as well. So you can make some pancakes out of some squash and eggs. And, uh, you know, we slowly introduce, you know, a little bit more each stage. Okay. So what, how would you determine if somebody was going to come in and do just, you know, the GAPS diet as it is kind of the full GAPS diet or start with the, the intro and go through the stages? Well, there's two factors you have to consider. One is just life because we're humans and we like to travel and we like to eat with friends. (laughs) And so if it's a good time in life, like I waited till I read Dr. Natasha's book because I knew my life would have to put be put on pause for a little while. So if it's the right time, you could go ahead and start with GAPS intro. Um, if you want to have more flexibility and variety in what you're eating because you're going to be traveling soon or something, then maybe start with full GAPS. So life is the first factor. The other factor is physiologically what's going on with you. If, um, and honestly, the best way to do this is to work with a practitioner to help determine where your starting point should be. And honestly, it's an art. It's not a science. GAPS isn't just like a list, like Whole30, like this is approved, this is not approved. Like it's very much an art. And because everyone is an individual and sometimes you'll start with full GAPS and then go into GAPS intro and then come back out into full GAPS and then go back into... (laughs) Gaps intro. And sometimes you'll get to stage three or four and then, oh my goodness, I need to go back to stage one. And so it's, it ebbs and flows with, with life. But um, yeah, generally speaking, if you're more constipated, you should start with full gaps. And if you're having a lot of loose stools, you should definitely start on intro, but there's a lot of nuance to that. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's, that's, but that's kind of a good way to put it. And yeah, because, you know, doing, going from the intro stage is, um, is, is a little more challenging. You know, there has to be Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, it could be more challenging or it could be easier. I started with gaps intro because I was already so sick that I couldn't go on (laughs) and I was so tired. So to learn many meals and how to cook those many meals right off the bat, would be exhausting to me. So it was very simple to just make one pot of soup. And I just ate that one pot of soup all week. So in some ways, it was very simple. GAPS is very simple foods, just raw materials. And it's not a lot of fancy extra additives, collagen powder, and you know, all these different things we're adding. It's very simple when you break it down to the bones. So, um, but that's different for everybody. So Right. That's, that is a good point though. I mean, it, and it's all kind of where you, you have to be in the right headspace to, to do any, any kind of, Mm -hmm. um, dietary approach, right? I mean, anything, it's always kind of going into it and and what is your, why, if you're sick enough, you will do anything, you know, to, to get better. You will try anything. If you've been through the ringer and the conventional medical world, Mm -hmm. you will, you know, you're motivated to, to try this. It's, um, and it's just really getting down to the back to uh, the nutrition that God gave us. Um, so, okay. So just really highlighting the meats, the fermented veggies. So you were talking about cabbage and cabbage juice. So we're talking about like sauerkraut, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, um, and then the dairy. And I think a lot of people that might surprise a lot of people because 
um, we think of dairy as one of the, the top allergenic foods, but a fermented dairy from a very high quality source um, is a, can be a very healing food, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Um, across cultures all over the world, if, if you have an animal that you can milk, you are healthy. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't, then you're less nourished because it's an incredibly nourishing food. What we've done in um, modern day, modern Western culture is we've turned our milk into Franken milk. Yeah. <laughs> I have a video about how I overcame dairy intolerance on my YouTube channel and how I helped my husband because he was very lactose intolerant, like any Asian male that I've met so far. And, uh, yeah, because the way we process it is, well, first off, we process the cows. So we lock them in cells far from the pasture where they never see the light of day. And we have these genetically modified cows that have an abnormality where they produce more milk than they should. So they have, you know, 90% of the cows have mastitis at any given moment all the time. They're miserable. <laughs> and the way they process that milk, they will push it through basically a million tiny straws so that the cream, the fat globules are broken and the cream no longer rises to the top. If you're, you can't find the cream line in your milk, then it's not real milk to me. <laughs> and uh, that's why I get raw milk from my local farmer. And some people are afraid of raw milk because they think it's dangerous. Like, ooh, raw meat could kill me. <laughs> but in reality, no one has ever died of raw milk. People have died of pasteurized milk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the reason they did that um, and the reason they boil it to heck and process so heavily is partially because you can take the cream away and people don't, it looks the same. 1%, 2% whole milk, it looks the same on the outside. You can't measure with your finger, oh, this cream line is two inches thick versus this cream line is six inches thick, you know? So, um, Anyway, I could go on forever about milk, but if you get quality milk from a happy cow that lived on the pasture and is not heavily processed, is well-kept in a nice, clean environment, then uh, it's really good for you. And when my raw milk goes bad, quote unquote, it's usable as buttermilk. It just turns into buttermilk. So I use it to bake. And if I have some pasteurized milk in my fridge for some reason, which I never do, and it goes bad, that is dangerous, toxic stuff. There's no way in heck I would use that in any of my cooking. <laughs> Pour it down the drain. So because raw milk is a probiotic food, it has good bacteria in it that keep it good. Um, it's really safe. But of course, we don't start with raw milk even on the GAPS diet. We culture it very thoroughly for 24 hours. But um, yeah, and we start with high fat dairies, even... Uh, sour to cream sometimes before yogurt because the higher the fat content, the easier it is for the body to process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And I did a podcast at one point, I can't remember which one where I was talking about, you know, in biblical times, I mean, they, the milk would, you know, sit out and it would become buttermilk. And that, that's something that they, they, how they drank it and how they utilized yeah. it. Um, and so that is, um, going back, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Um, and that's really, that's true milk, the way God made it and all of its byproducts, you know, that mm -hmm. comes from that. 
the, yeah. the fermentation type process. Um, so neat. And so you're actually running a course for clients, correct? To support them through a GAPS diet. Um, tell us more about that. What is that going to look like? Yeah, I am. So I love to know the why. And I remember when I first learned about GAPS, even though I was a nurse and very you know, educated, it was hard for me to process everything in that book because it was so profoundly turning my life upside down. It's kind of hard to relearn um relearn things or unlearn things. So I wanted to create something that people could watch over and over if they wanted to, some kind of video interactive lesson that's easier to pay attention to, even if you're really chronically fatigued, you're bedridden, you're so sick, you barely have the energy to open a book, you can press play and just listen and take it in. So um, I created an online course based off of two three-month-long group coaching uh, sessions that I did with two different groups and based upon their questions and things, I formulated this online recorded course. So each week it's three months long. So it's a commitment. It's a long time. It's 12 weeks. There's a reading so you can read in a bite sized chunk of Dr. Natasha's book. There's a lesson, like a video lesson of me talking, you know, with a PowerPoint and visuals there's a reflection with a scripture and an application for, you know, bringing scripture into all of this because, you know, he's the one that put all of this healing food into our world. And uh, there's a resource sheets, there's cooking videos, so there's like extra little bonuses like that. There's quizzes to help you kind of feel motivated to read your book. <laughs> and there's a weekly challenge every week. So, it's kind of overwhelming to say, I'm going to do the gaps diet tomorrow. It's overwhelming. And so I created this so that either you could jump in all at once with both feet or every week you could just add one more skill to your tool belt. Maybe one week, make a meat stock. Okay. That's all you're going to do this week. <laughs> Next week, maybe we'll learn how to make yogurt the proper way. Um, yeah. So that's basically... But it is. And there's a workbook where you can review how you're going to apply this to your life this week in a doable way. So I made it for my neighbors and I live in Philadelphia. So it's a very diverse community here. I've got a lot of Muslim friends, people from the Middle East, from Africa, from all over. Um, it's really a lot of fun, a lot of good food. <laughs> but uh, it, I made it to be... Um, kind of easy for anyone to swallow, whether you're a Christian or not, so that if somebody wanted to bring a friend along and do it together with a friend, even if they're not a Christian, a lot of the, the reflections are Psalms or, you know, a proverb. And I always word it in a respectful way, like, if you are a Christian, then you may believe da-da-da. And if you are not, then, you know, maybe you can appreciate the poetry of this. And I think this is a great, um, talking about food is my favorite way to talk about the Lord because, you know, he's such an amazing creator. He created us um, with, you know, amazing bodies that have the ability to heal themselves if we just eat the food he gave us, you know, it's absolutely amazing. And I love uh, using that as a segue to introduce people to Jesus and Everybody loves Jesus. They maybe have different ideas of who he is to them, but um, 
he's a pretty approachable guy. So <laughs> I really want this to be something that um, my Christian friends from church can go through, but that they can also invite a friend to. And yeah, so it's all recorded. But if you would like, you can add on a live group coaching component, which is my absolute favorite thing to do, where we have live group coaching together in very small groups. It's limited to only five people. So everyone gets a chance to share and get personalized feedback on their GAPS journey, which is the name of my course, GAPS journey. And uh, yeah, so and if you do the group coaching component, then you have access to a membership at the end where there'll be monthly fun, you know, things that I'll give you guys and just to stay in touch. And you can continue to have access to those recordings if you're in the membership, uh, the, the lessons from Gap's journey. Very so. nice. I, you know, I like that because even if somebody's coming in and maybe not a Christian, um, this is how we plant seeds exactly. <laughs> and, and we let God grow them, right? Our job is to, is mm-hmm. to throw the seeds out there and, um, and let God help them take root and grow. Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that it's, uh, it sounds like a very approachable course. How do you like to work in scripture to the way that you work and, um, and, and just think about your entire approach to what you're doing? You know, it's so, um, I don't get to talk to a lot of people that do something maybe kind of similar to what I do, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like that, you you are with your specialty being in in gaps but in general just kind of how did um this what i call you know real food the way god made it philosophy just take root for you and and it's um in coming through your work yeah um well sharing about my relationship with jesus is the reason that i'm alive so there's just no way that i could create a course and not drip a little bit of who he is into every week. And uh, I have to be creative about the way I do that sometimes with, um, you know, private clients. And uh, I always ask questions like, what is your spiritual background? And wherever they're at, I'll meet them there, you know. But um, yeah, it's, hmm, I could, I feel like I could go in two directions (laughs) with this question. Well, if you would feel free to just jump in with anything that's coming to your heart, really. Well, there is one thing that I really like to share with people, and that is, um, you know, when World War II happened, um, a lot of chemicals were created and isolated uh, for the purpose of uh, killing off our enemies. (laughs) And a lot of people don't realize that those same chemicals that they develop specifically for warfare are still used today, not in warfare, but in our farming. It's pretty uh, astonishing. And so it's kind of like the war never ended. It's still happening. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, there's nothing more horrifying than the the terrors of war and the darkness of of, you know, that goes on during those times and in those places where people are, you know, really just at each other's necks, killing each other. That's the closest thing on earth we have to hell, I think. And um, 
you know, God gave us responsibility for the earth. He said when he when he gave Adam and Eve free reign of the land, he said, go and multiply and fill the earth. And I'm, I'm giving it to you. So, uh, you know, what have we done with it? What have we done with the earth that he gave us? Um, we have poisoned it. <laughs> we have poisoned it beyond comprehension. It is so poisoned. And that's why um, so many people have autoimmune conditions these days. So many people have um, meds that they have to take every single day. Most people are on meds. Most people have some kind of condition. It's become so normalized that people don't think it's anything to worth mentioning. Oh, everyone gets headaches. Oh, everyone has back pain. Oh, everyone's just living off coffee because they can't sleep at night and has adrenal fatigue. But you know, it didn't used to be that way and it doesn't have to be that way. And we weren't created to live like walking zombies. We weren't. But we've sort of, uh, and it's not any individual person's fault necessarily, because a lot of us have no idea. But there's definitely um, a component of what I would, you know, put the name of sin on. You know, like we've sinned against the earth and we've sinned against our people by poisoning ourselves with these chemicals that were created to kill. And they're still being used for that, basically. <laughs> To this day. And even the people, I, I know people who do, you know, types of farming that is not good for the environment or for our bodies. And they think that they're doing it, you know, to feed people, to feed the world. And they don't realize. But, you know, our, our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and authorities of, you know, and powers that be. And, um, yeah, so I... I sometimes when I share some of the statistics behind, you know, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico or the amount of chemicals that are even just in our tap water, it can be very discouraging. And to me, when I learned about the all of this, it helped me to have even a deeper sense of the power of um, God's grace to forgive and to heal, not only individual, you know, individually, I've sinned, I've done things wrong, and I've hurt people. Oh, my goodness. And he's forgiven me. And that's really powerful. But beyond that, as a society, as a country, as a culture, we have sinned. But there's so much hope that it can be redeemed. And, you know, God created our microbiome and the good bacteria and yeast and protozoa on the earth that are able to remedy and remediate so much of this chemical, you know, toxic load that we have unloaded on the land and, you know, the land that we grow our food on. So, um, yeah, and it's only by the blood of Jesus that we can have hope um, to come out of that. So, it's a little dark <laughs> to, I think, unearth the reasons behind so many people's health problems. And uh, when I first read this book, um, I it made so much sense to me as a nurse that, you know, the pathology behind it, it wasn't just eat this superfood or cut out this scent, this allergenic triggering food, but like, this is the why, how our body works so brilliantly and 
you know, what has gone wrong is not from the inside. It's coming from the outside. And, uh, but the answer is in the inside. The answer is already in us. You know, God put all of the good, good guys in there. So to help rebalance our body. Yeah. I love that. Making, made our bodies just so that innate ability to heal, um, made our bodies so smart when we give it what it needs. That's what I always try to reinforce to people. Mm. And I think this is a great, um, the gap site is, is a one way to get there. And it's, it is folk. I love it because it focuses on real food. And I think um, just coming back to these basics of, you know, very simple, you know, cooking, simple cooking, simple digestion, <laughs> people, yeah. you know, yeah. letting your, helping your body to be able to digest these real foods, to accept them, to utilize them. Um, like you were talking about the small intestine earlier, kind of that space between the stomach and the, and the large intestine. And that is where 90% of our nutrients are absorbed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, yet when we have that leaky gut and the proteins are leaking into our, our system, it just kind of wreaks havoc on the body. And we can really do a lot to, um, to heal that and to counter, to counteract that so that the body can start utilizing um, good nutrition again. So I love all that. Um, you know, it, it can feel very heavy and dark when we start thinking about all the things that come against us, all these toxins, you know, it feels like mm-hmm. you can, and you really, you can't get away from a hundred percent of them. You just can't. And so that's why I always tell people, you can't, you just can't make yourself a freak over all this because you could, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you also can't throw your you know, throw in the towel and be like, well, I'm just exposed to toxins all day anyway. So there's no reason not to do it. Um, that's not true either. We have this ability, like you said, this God and um, given ability to heal when we utilize his provision and, and we have to care and steward his provision well. So I think that's a great mm-hmm. message. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, um, I've got to ask you the anchor questions that I ask all my guests. So um, what would you consider, um, I'm curious uh, for this, for you with being a GAPS practitioner, what is your <laughs> anchor meal, kind of your go-to meal that you um, eat often? You know, I'm not eating the GAPS, you know, way anymore necessarily because I've healed up my gut enough that I'm pretty good for now. <laughs> But I still uh, go back to that gap soup as like my anchor meal. I any meat that I have in the free in the fridge with a bone in it, I throw in a pot. Any random vegetables that came in my CSA box, I can't pre-plan it. I just chop it up, throw it in the pot, and it's just a one-pot meal. Meat and veggies, throw it on. So easy. That's my go-to meal. I love it. That's a good one. Um, no matter what, whether you are on the gap side or not, that is a, a, a great meal to keep on hand. And it's, we're going into winter right now. And I just think having that soup on the stove or, you know, mm-hmm. even in your slow cooker or instant pot and just um, having that smell walk through the house, just that alone is so comforting and healing, you know, yeah. um, and just kind of, kind of, looking to that as a, as a comfort food instead of maybe something sugary and bready is just really making that lovely pot of soup, a real centerpiece and going into winter and just knowing that it's doing so many good things for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just made me think I, the other day I, um, I had some bone broth and 
maybe it was because I knew I was going to, I was going to be talking to you and I was, I'm thinking gaps and all of this, but I, I had some extra egg yolks in my, um, in my fridge because I had made some homemade bread, some homemade gluten-free bread and it calls for egg whites. And so I had the yolks, you know, separated in the fridge. And so I just put some of those yolks and, you know, kind of stirred them into my bone broth. Um, and it just made it, and I did a little hand blender in there, like an immersion blender and just, Mm -hmm. and it made it so creamy. And I was like, I just wanted to pat myself on the back. I was like, this is so healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is so nutritious. And I actually put it in a Yeti cup, um, like a big Yeti. And I just sipped Mm -hmm. on that, you know, and I thought I need to do this more often as a, a a light breakfast could be one on the go as Mm -hmm. a, you know, or a light lunch. If you're not super hungry, you need something, a snack, anything just. And so I just share that with people just to know, like you can make it, um, easy. And I will be honest. I used a box to bone broth. Um, (laughs) I use, I think it was the kettle and fire, um, the brand because I had one and I just needed something quick. And so, yes, it's, 100% 100% better to make a meat stock or bone broth yourself, but, um, to have a, a really high quality one on hand. Um, if that is going to do the trick to make you make a, a more nutritious meal quickly, then, you know, sometimes those things are a nice gateway or just kind of work in a pinch. Um, so anyway, but that was good. Um, okay. How about an anchor verse? Yeah, well, there's so many different versions of this verse in the Bible, but um, in Psalm 23, 5, it says, uh, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. And I think so many times when we struggle with chronic issues or um, of any kind that the Western world doesn't really have an answer to, it's uh, easy to get your hopes dashed. And it's very difficult to have the hope to try something that could make a change because you don't want to be put to shame. Like, I, oh, I hoped that this would work, but in the end, it was just like everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've met people like this, especially people with um, children with chronic conditions who've been told there's nothing you can do. Just learn how to cope and get coping mechanisms and just cope your way through life. Um I like to share that scripture. No one who hopes in the Lord will be put to shame. That we can hope in God that he is with us um, no matter what. And uh, you won't be put to shame in the end if you put your hope in the Lord. (laughs) And if you put your hope in, you know, the good food that he gave you and the the past and the journey he has you on, you will not be put to shame. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I love that verse. And you know what it makes me think of too? I think when a lot of people go to doctors um, who don't have answers for them, um, Mm -hmm. they, it's, it's very easy to kind of take that, to feel blame and shame on your own. Like the doctor's like, well, you know, you're, if you, this, you hear this a lot with the weight loss, right? Like, well, you're just not, you're just eating too much. You're not exercising enough. Like that is the standard, you know, if you were going oh to goodness. a doctor, right. About weight loss. <laughs> and so that's putting all the shame and blame on the person when oh, there's so many factors to that. I mean, cutting calories mm-hmm. and exercising more is not the way for uh, mm-hmm. to health and weight loss. It's, you know, there's a lot of the engines, the engines, people, and I'm always talking about yeah. a lot of, you have a lot of engine trouble and, and being overweight is like an engine light that is on, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. just a sign. So 
um, that verse makes me think of that. And you made me just think of how, yeah, when we put our hope in the Lord, which includes um, the, the, these provisions he's given us, you know, the food, um, mm-hmm. this amazing body that we have, because I think we do give up on our body and we think our body's against us. Um, but if we, you know, can just remember that um, our body's always on our side, God made it to heal. And we put our mm-hmm. hope um, in his creation, which is us and the things that he made for us, then I, you know, we will not be put to shame. Um, and there is hope and there is healing. And so I love that you shared that because nobody's shared that one before. And, um, and there's so many good, there's so much richness to that when it comes to this, to health and such. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that. Love that. Tell everybody where they can find you. If they want to connect with you or they're interested in taking, um, you know, going through gaps, like you said earlier, I think it is important to go through, with the practitioner, um, because mm-hmm. you, you know, I tell people that a lot, if you're going through some of these nutritional therapy approaches or even, um, any kind of gut protocol, I mean, things come up, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you need somebody to ask questions, talk to kind of guide you through it, give you, you know, maybe tweak, help tweak you tweak along the way. So you're the course is starting in January. Um, and you said it's 12 weeks. So how, if people want to sign up or go more, learn more about it, where should they go? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is so good to work one-on-one with a practitioner, particularly if you have some really serious situations, uh, serious diagnoses going on, or, you know, a lot of toxins are stored in your fat tissue. So, you know, once your body's strong enough to start shedding some of that extra fat tissue, those toxins will be back in your bloodstream and then it's going to have to work hard to get them out. And sometimes that causes a detox reaction. So um, if you go cowboy on your own and have a (laughs) detox reaction, then, you know, who to call. But uh, you can try on your own if you like. You can find me on my website, yowellnesscollective.com. You can find my course there and sign up and go for it on your own, or you can sign up for the extra add-on and do group coaching together with a community and with me. Um, I'm also on YouTube, Yo Wellness Collective, or um, on Instagram, it's just my name, River Rebecca Yo, and Yo is spelled Y-E-O. So, yeah. Okay, that's perfect. I know, I think people, you know, when I take people through things and we're just starting with food, right? We're just starting with real food and you're detoxing because you're, you're being able to burn fat, right? Which is Mm -hmm. where toxins are stored. You're giving your body nutrition so that everything is starting to work better. So it can Mm -hmm. release these toxins and, um, it can make you feel kind of icky bears. And so (laughs) it is nice to be able to, you know, um, you know, talk with, talk through that with people and just under, you know, have those kind of expectations set of what can happen and what might happen and what we do in those situations. Um, it's just, it really is amazing when we apply real food, what, um, the body will start doing. So I love Mm -hmm. that gaps is really just, you know, very food, um, oriented and based. And, um, when we, it always starts with, with real food, the way God made it. Thank you so much River for being here and explaining the gap diet to us. I love um, kind of just sharing these different nutritional therapy approaches. So people are aware and can make that decision if it's a good, um, a good route for them to take. So y'all go check out um, River's um, information. We'll put all the links in the show notes and, um, and thanks again, River for being here. Thanks, Chelsea. All right, my friends, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon. 
everyone, remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.